Hey everybody, it's Jake and I am alone in the basement. Uh, today we're going to be interviewing the wrestling genius Daniel Makabe. Uh, this interview is actually going to be a little different though than most of the ones I've been doing for this past run. Uh, we're not going to, you know, do the whole, you know, why'd you want to be a wrestler? Where did you start wrestling? You know, what'd you watch? You know, stuff like that. Uh, we're actually this time going to talk about his recent trip to Germany and wrestling in WXW's 16 Karat Gold Tournament and Ambition 12. So this is just going to be talking about his time in Germany. And uh, I think that'll give us a more uh, centralized approach and give you a different kind of listen so that you can just hear what it was like in the life of this guy for a few days, which I think will be a really cool listen. So uh, you know the, the routine by now. Stick through the ad and then on the other side we'll be talking with Daniel Makabe. All right, everybody, we're back, and we are with the wrestling genius, Daniel Maccabe. Uh I'm lucky enough to have known this guy for a, a long, long time. I was actually watching you uh, on YouTube in my high school, and I got it shut down because I was spending too much time watching you guys wrestle. <laughs> That's 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 wild, but yes, uh, we, we have known each other for quite some time, although, uh, I mean, we saw each other last year uh, in New Jersey, but... Uh, Otherwise, it had been a while. It had been a hot minute. But, uh, yeah, thank you for having me. I, I, uh, I appreciate the opportunity, and, and uh, you never have to ask me to talk about myself. That's, uh, that's something I can definitely do. So, uh, I, I'm actually super pumped to have you on. You're one of the first people that when I switched my podcast straight to pro wrestling that I, I really wanted to talk to. And uh, since I've, I've told a few people that you're going to be on, everybody has nothing but great things to say about you and how good of a person you are and how great of a wrestler you are. I, that's... Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. I, I mean, I appreciate it. I uh, uh, I mean, admittedly, I've, I have said this out loud before, but you know, I, I wrestle first and foremost for myself. But uh, but I do sincerely appreciate that uh, people seem to be really uh, getting into me as a wrestler as well. It, it took well, that's, um, that's not that's the highest compliment. So yeah, it, it took long enough. <laughs> It took, it took a while. It's not like I was, I mean, I wasn't grinding at it for all those years, though. So that, that's the one thing is, is that, uh, um, I, I mean, there are people who have definitely worked, worked a lot harder at this than I have. But, uh, but I have worked hard, and uh, I've had some good, good opportunities and some good breaks. So. And we're going to talk about one of those today. Uh, as I said in the intro, we're just going to talk about your recent trip to Germany, uh, which is, is still crazy to me that you got to do it. Uh, how did this? How did the chance to, to go over to Germany for WXW even come? Was it based off of how you did in Toronto? Or you went before that, didn't you? Um, no, um, it, it's all like kind of weirdly interconnected and uh, kind of out of order like it's um it's very much like a like a tarantino movie um or i guess specifically uh pulp fiction uh in that uh you get things uh, not necessarily presented to you in in the chronological order um so they reached out um sorry i should say i reached out because they put up uh, an opportunity for um last year's ambition at 16 carats so we're talking um this would have been Late 2018, they made a posting in regards to early 2019 that they were going to have something called uh, a wild card spot for Ambition. And this was for people who had previously never competed in Ambition, had never um, competed for WXW in general, and 
someone um, who would maybe fall a little off of um, off of their radar. And I had multiple people on Twitter and social media reach out to me and say, you know, you really need to reach out to them about this. And so I did that um, and specifically cited my, my two matches with Timothy Thatcher that I had had previously in, in Seattle as being good reference points. And they... Um, they said that you know they had filled the spot for that particular carrot um, weekend for that ambition, but um, you know that they'd be in touch. And what ended up happening was they got so many submissions from people for that spot that they decided to run uh, an ambition of just wild card entrance. Um, the following, um, you know, they do two big kind of festival weekends a year: sixteen carat in the spring and uh, tag league in in the fall and so they were going to do ambition wildcard as a part of tag league in the fall so um you know so i got set up to do that that ambition in uh the fall so this past october of 2019 but in the meantime and we're talking you know there was like a 10 month period where i knew that i was going to germany but i just had to patiently wait basically um in the meantime, they reached out to me because they, I guess, you know, um, they liked what they saw or they were looking forward to working with me. And they were planning on running um, a couple WXW shows in Toronto uh, in coalition with um, SummerSlam, obviously, being there that weekend. And so they reached out to me knowing that I was in Canada, although I don't know if they realized how far <laughs> away from Toronto I was. Um about coming out to Toronto to be a part of their shows out there. And, uh, yeah, we made that happen as well. So, and, and since then we've just, uh, the relationship has been growing, uh, you know, like, a you know, I, I came, went to Germany again this past, uh, couple weeks ago, but, uh, uh, also was, was in the works to uh, wrestle for them, uh, uh, in a week's time in Tampa, which of course is unfortunately not happening, but, uh, but but is to say that uh, the relationship with WXW appears to be going uh, quite well, and I'm, I'm happy uh, to say that's the case. So, and it's it's awesome that you, you got to to even go and and how it all worked out because it it was a big deal for a lot of us who have known you for so long that you were you know getting opportunities that we feel you more than deserved. So, um, but how crazy of a feeling was it when they said, hey? You want to do the sixteen carat? Um, yeah, that was that was unexpected. That was unexpected. That um, that was huge. Like that's um, being a fan of independent wrestling for uh, so long now. Um, carrot has kind of grown to become, I don't know, maybe one of the two or three biggest tournaments in independent wrestling. Like um, from a drawing perspective it's got to be one or two like maybe pwg bola has more hype behind it but it, it doesn't draw the same kind of fan base um and as far as europe is concerned like maybe the only other thing that rivals it is progress is super strong style 16 so like we're talking one of the biggest tournaments in independent wrestling the amount of people uh i've mentioned this before to to someone that uh, when you go to the WXW offices, they have posters up on the walls of the last like four or five years of carrot with each poster has, you know, all 16 participants from that particular year with an autograph underneath it. And it's like 
if you look back on like the last couple of years, 2016, 2017, 2018, it's a who's who of people who have gone on to do like really big things in independent wrestling, be it in the WWE or, or AEW or New Japan or what have you. And, uh, and now I'm, I'm, I signed my share of autographed posters that weekend. Uh, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be forever on one of those posters hanging up in the walls. So that's, I mean, that's amazing. That can never be taken away by anybody or anything. That's something that, um, is a huge accomplishment. I mean, maybe in, in the grand scheme of things is, is one of the biggest ones of, of my life. So, and it's not like you got a match in the first round that, wasn't absolutely batshit crazy. Oh, wait, I don't even want to get to that yet. I want to talk about Inner Circle first. Um, I know you're a big battle arts guy. Uh, you've been a shoot-style guy for a long time. It's one of the things that we've always had in common. Uh, when you even made that shirt uh, with uh, you know your name or your initials in, in like a battle arts logo, which I had to have. And that's one of my favorite wrestling shirts. It's I love it so much I won't wear it because I'm afraid something bad will happen to it. <laughs> but... How did it come about that you got to face Ishikawa and Ikeda? Was was that something that you were able to push for, or did they offer it to you and it was just like a please? Or I uh, I would have pushed for it, uh, but I didn't want to step out of line. <laughs> I don't want to come across as as needy or or pushy. Uh, but that's something that definitely in the back of my head I was thinking, man, this would be really um, amazing if this could happen. Um, but I didn't say anything. I think the WXW office knows me well enough and knows how much reverence that I have for that style and for Yuki Ishikawa. Um, and, and I had met him in Toronto as a part of, uh, uh, that, that weekend that I worked for them. I got to see him have two really good matches, one against Tyson Dukes, which is a very un- underrated match. I will say great match. Uh, and then, uh, the rematch against Timothy Thatcher, which was, uh, I mean, that was the specific reason that uh, uh, I was so excited to be a part of that weekend was getting to see that match. But um, um, so I think the WXW guys just kind of had the finger on the pulse of, of knowing what to uh, book me into to best. Uh, 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 I mean, like they're not here to, to please me, but uh, but they knew that I, I'd be up for it and I'd be really excited for it so so no i didn't actually uh, i didn't even have to to ask nicely for it uh i just one day got an email saying hey this is what the plan is this is what you're doing at inner circle and uh and to say that uh i was excited does not do do justice to the term excited i uh i literally jumped off my couch and uh and like like pumped my fist in the air i was i was yeah i was i was pretty stoked <laughs> uh were, were you nervous at all just thinking like, holy shit, I'm going to be, not only am I going to be across the ring from them, I'm actually going to grapple up with these guys. Uh, I guess, uh, I mean, I was nervous. I was nervous. I, I try not to get too nervous nowadays, but like, I'd be lying if I said that like my, I don't know, I, wrestling has been putting me in like a weird headspace lately where like, uh, it just feels like as I, as my platform gets bigger and my my name gets bigger, um, expectations get bigger. And I don't know if those are just expectations I put upon myself or if those truly exist for uh, for people who are watching along, whether or not they're they're new fans or old fans. But um, but certainly the expectations I put on myself have definitely grown exponentially. 
Um, and so, yeah, like this is, this is like an all, all time or life or match that will probably never ever get to happen again. And so, uh, yeah, I was nervous to say the least. Um, and, um, I, I, I like to think that the, the match turned out, turned out pretty okay. Um, but, um, but yeah, in hindsight, I wish I had been maybe a little less nervous. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I feel like it's one of those moments where even, you know, if you're one of the people who doesn't get nerves anymore, if you get a chance to be across from guys you've been watching the majority of your life, how are you not going to have some, any kind of butterflies? It's just, I think that's a natural, natural feel to that. I, I, I understand it. Cause people tell me sometimes they get nervous wrestling me. So it's like, okay, I get it. Like, you know, and, and I've certainly had moments in my life where, where I get nervous. So, um, so yeah, no, it's, um, that's just life in general, but we do our best to, to combat these things. Right. So yeah. now for guys who have been going hard since the nineties, which is crazy. I think it was that long ago when they, you know, broke off and started battle arts, uh, they show like little signs of aging once they're between the ropes. How tough were these guys? Uh, yeah, like really tough. Um, Ishikawa uh, was like way stronger than than I expected him to be. Um, like I shouldn't have been surprised because like he, he's an older man now and and he's got lots of mileage on his body for sure, right? But like he's been grappling at a high level for so long, like I shouldn't have been surprised. But like, yeah, he um, they were both really strong and and really just really tough, um, like seasoned guys for sure. Um, yeah, made made me and Ridgeway work work for everything, but that's um that's cool. That's the style, and, and I like it that way. So, um, so no, it was it was uh, a little bit unexpected, but uh, but it was a dream to to get to actually be in the moment and, and and get to do that. So, and even though it was a match where where you guys didn't come out on top, I still feel like that's something you're always gonna hold with you for the rest of your life. And at at any point when it was over. Like, did you think about, like, you got to wrestle Akeda, who got to share rings with Misawa and Kobashi and Tawe and those guys. And I, it, to me, it was just, if I was in your shoes in that moment, I just, I don't even know how I would feel. But it would definitely be in some sort of awe. That's honestly, to be perfectly honest, that's the first time that I've equated it to, like, the six degrees of separation to, like, the, the all Japan pillars or, or, or the Noah guys, I should say, cause he, you know, he was, he did actually work a little bit of all Japan before the split, but, yeah. um, but, but he's definitely more known for his Noah, uh, or run, but, um, that's the first time I've actually ever made that connection. So, um, it's probably for the best that I didn't make that connection in, in, in the moment <laughs> because that, that might've added a little bit more on there, but, um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, I, it was a crazy opportunity and, and both of them are such, nice humble um human beings um it was just uh, awesome getting to share a locker room with them and and get to pick their brain and uh and get to hang out and feel like we were like peers you know um that's something i never imagined um but yeah no uh, that that, in hindsight it is pretty crazy just like the six degrees of separation (laughs) the one funny thing i will say i the one funny thing i'll say equating it back to noah is ishikawa was like ribbing Ikeda about how he likes to do too much in his matches now because of all those years of being in Noah. Um, 
of just like the overkill of the Noah style, uh, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, and, and I, I don't know if Ridgeway was picking up on it cause he's a Noah guy. So, <laughs> um, but, but I definitely was like, Oh, this is actually really funny, but no one's going to address how funny it is in the moment. But, um, but yeah, that, that's a memory that I'll have for sure. Oh, and, and I don't know if Ikeda runs his own Facebook, but about you saying he's such a nice guy, he's always one of the first people to wish me a happy birthday every year. So I, I always hope it's him that's actually doing that. It very well could be. He's like, yeah, he's he's all over his his like Twitter and stuff, and uh, and uh, and he uh, like he specifically wanted to get a picture with me after after the match. Uh, one of the days after the uh, it wasn't the, the same day as the match, but. It was a couple days later when we were in the Turban Hala. He was like, "Oh, later, let's let's get a picture together for Instagram." Okay, yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do that. Nice game, Kata. That's cool. So. That, that had to be such a cool moment. Um, yeah, it was cool. Now, uh, your first heading now into sixteen karat. Your first round match was with Eddie Kingston, and just thinking about it, as as weird as this may sound, just from my point of view, I looked at it as. Holy shit, American indie legend against a yarding legend. Like this is some weird dream match in in the middle, you know, in the middle of Europe that, that maybe these fans don't necessarily understand how it is to some of us Americans or Canadians. Yeah, I uh I had multiple like friends of ours that that you know, people that exist within our our kind of uh community of of yarders and former yarders reach out to me about how excited they were specifically for that match. So, um, yeah, I'd never met Kingston before, certainly never wrestled him. The fact that it happened for the first time in Germany is like so bizarre, <laughs> right? but, but, but that's what, I mean, I guess that's what carrot is, right? Carrot is like dream matches and, and things that you'd never see before and mixing talent from North America and Europe and Asia and, and all over the place. Right. And, and doing it for such a such a great and lively fan base, right? So, uh, um, so yeah, no, the fact that it got to happen there. Um, of all the people I could have been matched up against in the first round, Eddie was easily top two or three of people I would I would have chosen. So I'm, I'm glad it got to happen. Now I loved how you, for your entrance it was you know warm reception till the moment you took off the vest and and the jacket and the scarf just to get booed for your Chelsea jersey. <laughs> Did you did you see that coming at all? Or so, in hindsight, I really wish I'd I'd make I'd made a better choice in what I wore that day. And, and I've had people come up to me being like, you know, you really need to stop wearing the Chelsea shirt in in Europe in general because um, very seldom do I get a negative reaction or or any particular reaction for for my choice of shirt over here in North America. But uh, um, they definitely are a little bit more finicky about things over there yeah. um i had previously worn a chelsea shirt in germany um at ambition um wild card in october and there was like a handful of people who booed but it was quickly pretty quickly diffused like within like a couple seconds you know i kind of like gestured at them and gave them like a okay come on get over yourself like let's get on with things and that kind of led to everyone kind of laughing and like Okay, yeah, that's fair. Let's let's move on. But I, I could. There's nothing I could say or do to make these people not want to boo me. And, and honestly, I think it. Uh, I thought I think it hurt the match. 
Um, I think I heard the match, considering the story that we were going to tell. And um, that was just a misfire on my behalf. So um, I have to be a little bit more mindful of what I wear and where I wear it. Um, but yes, at, at, as that was happening, uh, you can actually sort of see on uh, on the VOD, um, Toss, Tassilo, the, the referee, come over to me and say, like, okay, it's time to take off the jacket and whatever and give it to, give it to me. And I said, all right, Toss, this is where I turn uh, a thousand people against me. And, and like on demand within about 10 seconds, you can just hear the booze start up and then you can see Kingston in the other corner, just start laughing. I did notice so, that. So yeah, it's, uh, uh, he likes Liverpool apparently. So I don't know how, how closely <laughs> he follows it, but, um, but yeah, so I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. uh, live and live and learn, but, uh, but, uh, but to be perfectly honest, I wish I had made a better decision that day. <laughs> uh, have you watched um, the the replay of it, like the English version? Uh, yes, I did with Rico Bushido, right? And uh, I can't remember who else is on there, but yes, I have one. I was just liking how, the, how like, what, while they're booing, he was like, he's like, I wonder who they're going to cheer and boo like once this gets going. And that was that was to me that was like a, a cool moment of, well, you know, like trying not to oversell like your your technique could still get these people back on your side yeah that that's nice that's not what happened but <laughs> but it is nice it is it is nice yeah sometimes you just you can't win people over regardless of of, of technique or the story they, they uh and and to be fair for for a lot of the people in that room that was the first time seeing me right and so i i gave them a bad first impression based on my my football teams that i support so now the, the match with eddie was was just nuts it was a sprint in the best way because it still told the story of a much longer match just just in a compact way and and I loved it and and I loved you know the the finishing sequence too um with you guys both being fans of like 90s all Japan is that just where this match naturally went with you guys you know just throwing hard moves and hard strikes uh yeah I think so we didn't specifically um talk about it but there were definitely there were a few times where um uh, maybe it was me or him i can't remember one of us like i think we we quickly realized like like the the other one's kind of fandom and and knowledge base and we could make kind of references to maybe semi-obscure players in in like 90s japanese wrestling and and the other one would pick up on it no problem kind of thing so i don't remember what specifically it was but i know i, I mentioned something to him and he was like yeah no i got it and i was like oh yeah of course you got it i know exactly <laughs> you know he, I, I i know that you got it why did i even have to question that you know so um so it, it wasn't a conscious thing um to necessarily do that but um but i i'm not shocked it came out that way um the one thing uh you you mentioned you know it was a sprint i know it's under 10 minutes but um, that's something that I uh, actually kind of like is seeing how much story and psychology and nuance you can pack into um, a relatively short match. And um, when you kind of when you have the right opponent and you have the um, the desire to do so, right? So yeah, and I think that's something that can kind of get lost in those matches under ten minutes is that sometimes people will just look at it as. Oh, you know, we only have this amount of time. You know, how many spots can we fill in? Not how much story can we tell? 
Yeah, I, I think that's just that's a, a problem with wrestling in general nowadays. <laughs> so doesn't matter doesn't matter if you have under ten minutes or or if you have thirty minutes, you know. But if you're going thirty minutes, I hope you're putting some story in there. Jesus Christ. Um, but yes, um, no, I, I I I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, after the match, Eddie took the mic, and I thought it was awesome when he said he, that he had just gotten lucky by beating you and that you were one hell of a wrestler. H- how did that make you feel, like, in the moment? If I'm being honest, I don't think I heard it. I think I quickly got uh, to the back, ushered to the back, and, and was out of there. But uh, but in hindsight, it was, it was a very nice feeling, for sure. Um, someone who... Um, you know, has uh, a lot of respect and a lot of experience and someone who I was really excited to work with and, and will hopefully get to work with again. I, I'd love to be able to wrestle him again, maybe maybe in America or, or back in Europe, wherever. But um, um, say say that, that, that's really cool. And, um, and the fact that, you know, he, uh, I always try to come into matches prepared and have a lot of ideas and uh, watch some of my opponent's matches and uh, and be adequately ready to um, have the best possible match that I can ha- I can have with them um, and but but I have zero expectations that anyone's gonna do the same thing for me you know because uh, in the grand scheme of things who am I um, but Kingston came in like familiar with with me and some of my work and he uh, made some suggestions for the match that obviously showed that he had seen some of my work and that kind of blew me away that, um, you know, that he, uh, that he, he had done some homework as well and, and, uh, and was ready to, to have a kick-ass match. So, I mean, in a way for me, it's not hard to believe that he knew you, who you were because somehow, some way, which I'll never, I guess, fully understand until it's explained to me, you've been a part of that weird Midwest, Mid-South indie boom. Where when you get the chance to show up, you know, people, you know, take notice and and just you you shine. You always have. Uh, I'm friends with O'Shea Edwards and we've talked about you a few times. And he, he's always said you're, you're a wonderful guy to share a locker room with. And you just wrestle so goddamn good. There's no way people can't pay attention. Uh, that's that's cool. I appreciate that. That's still that's still one scene and, and still kind of a, a blip on the map. Of, of worldwide wrestling but uh but yeah no i you can definitely tell the people who are who are in wrestling who are fans of wrestling and pay attention to what's going on around them and uh and that's cool i appreciate that and o'shea's a good guy i like o'shea a lot and uh and i hope i get to wrestle him at some point too but but uh um i mean technically we were in the same match in the finals of the SCL, <laughs> yeah. but uh we weren't we weren't exactly going uh going nose to nose in that match i i think i was in the the locker room the entire time that he was uh he was out there so well hopefully once you know america's back you know and running again and and maybe when sup's back up i'd love to see you two go at it there that'll be that'll be fun that'd be fun well we'll have to make it happen now the the next day you uh you were heading into ambition and after you know you know going to the semis for ambition 11 finals of ambition wild card how were you feeling like that morning when you woke up heading into it? Um, I mean, like to be perfectly honest, I actually slept really poorly the night before, but, uh, um, so I guess nervous, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a little nervous, but, um, but it's a style that 
I guess I thrive in, um, and I, it's a style that I certainly like uh, doing. And and it's one thing that it, it's it's kind of hard for me, at least, to overthink it. Um, you just kind of have to go out there and and be loose and and just give it your all for like a short relatively short burst you know like um so i mean like i knew that i I was likely to have a couple matches that day uh ahead of me and just to be as ready as possible and uh and that's kind of uh, how how it was uh now now your first round match was with kevin lloyd he he got in some solid holds but you were able to to lock in that submission and get him to tap Uh, how how happy were you just to, you know, get out of the first round? You know, I don't want to say unscathed, but not like, not too beat up. You, you, you looked very good in that match. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that was a fun one. Um, uh, I was happy. Like I knew I was facing Kev ahead of time. Um, I was happy. Um, I was actually happy to be the opener on that show. I was, op- I was an opener on the last uh, ambition show as well. Against uh, James Runyon, uh, another fellow Canadian, um, and so it, it's kind of a nice feeling to set the tone, and and it's also a nice feeling to have the longest break out of everybody and make sure that you're you're well rested and set for the next round. And so, um, so yeah, I, I I like opening these ambition shows, and um, and I was happy with the match with Kev, um, and Kev's a nice guy, um, someone who. who um, it's kind of just finding his voice and figuring out who he is as a pro wrestler. And um, I think this is kind of an avenue that he needs to explore because he's, he's pretty good um, at the shoot style. And um, and so, yeah, no, I was uh, I was more than happy with that match. And, yeah, you're quite right. I uh, It was a you know, six, seven-minute match and, and relatively unscathed and, and ready to go for the semifinals. Yeah, but I, I do agree that he, he did look really good. And anyone in my opinion, who is, who is good at that style should, should definitely pursue it as much as possible because I, I'm, I'm a guy who misses, you know, shoot style promotions. So just to see anyone who's very good at that style warms my heart and I want to see more of it. He had a, he had a really good match on the Ambition Wildcard show uh, this past October against uh, Russ Taylor as well. So, um, so yeah, no. But and I see he's doing a little bit more of it in some of the promotions he works for in, in England, and he's um, he's like a Manchester-based guy. So um, so hopefully he can continue to do that. But uh, you're quite right. I mean, those shoot style promotions are, are few and far between, and and the ones that seem to pop up don't seem to last, or or they just run one-offs, or it it is still very much a niche thing, unfortunately. So definitely, and I mean, I think we're past the days where we're gonna have things like UWFI and rings and, and battle arts and stuff like that all alive at the same time, which, which sucks. <laughs> yeah. Fair, fair enough. Now uh, in your semifinal, you were with Scotty Davis and it, it looked like there was times he was, he was going to have you, but then you, you managed to get free and just the setup to that finish. I liked uh, toss at the end, like saying it's one of those things that, I mean, you try in practice, but you think you'll you'll never be able to land it in the in a match, and then that one in a thousand time, where you can hook someone, you know, almost in midair, and and that was how you got him. It was just such a brilliant ending. And uh, uh, oh, go, go ahead, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, he's Scotty Davis is is so good. Um, he's someone who's been on my 
radar for a, a good year now. He's still like relatively young. Like I want to say he's like I don't think he's even twenty one yet. Um, and um, it's um, I'd love to wrestle him again. I want to wrestle him in Scotland or not Scotland. Sorry, Scotty Davis, not from Scotland. <laughs> Scotty Davis is from Ireland, in yeah. fact. Um, uh, yeah, I'd love to wrestle him in um, in Ireland uh, or or wherever. Um, but he, um, no, he's explosive. He's so good. Such a natural talent. Uh, yeah. Cage match informs me he's 19 years old. So wow. there you go. That's just crazy. I'm, I'm old enough to be his father, uh, <laughs> in theory. So, um, so yeah, no, um, it, it was awesome to get to, to wrestle him. He was someone I was really looking forward to possibly getting to work with this weekend. And, uh, and yeah, it happened. So that was cool. Was his facial hair intimidating at all? Because, I mean, being 19 and be able to grow that kind of mustache, I'm even, I'm double impressed now. I'm, I'm, I'm 35 and I, I will never be able to grow a mustache that epic. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, no, it's, uh, um, the other thing that works in my favor is I'm relatively blind. And so, um, I, I'm not all that intimidated by anything because I really can't see it, um, in general. So, uh, so no, but, um, but intimidated by his wrestling skill and, and again, someone, he has so much, um, so much experience in amateur wrestling that, like, when you get in there with him, you just feel how strong he is. And he just, if he wants to put you, uh, put you in a place, he's going to put you there. And uh, you just have to do your best to, to land safely and, and go with things. So, and I did. I, I loved that match. I, I really did. But uh, the match that uh, I really loved is is the final match now did it feel like it had almost come in a sense like a full circle feeling uh as the guy you were, were tagging with the other day to face ishikawa and ikeda is now the guy you're going to be facing in the finals uh yeah a little bit i i don't i wonder if that was done um <laughs> on purpose i don't know no one told me but um he um he's someone that um that i was supposed to wrestle last episode September for a company called breed wrestling in Sheffield, Sheffield, England. And uh, unfortunately it didn't work out cause I think it kind of coincided with a, a tour of Noah that he had, but, um, I ended up wrestling, uh, so pardon me for that. Um, <laughs> I ended up wrestling Carlos Romo instead and, and having a, a really good match, uh, over there instead. So I can't complain, but, um, yeah, Chris Ridgeway is someone who's been on my radar for a while and someone I was really looking forward to wrestling and, uh, and we were kind of married at the hip um, that weekend. And like full disclosure, we were roommates uh, that weekend. Uh, so as was Scotty Davis, the three of us had a, had a suite together. So, um, so yeah, it was nice to get to finally wrestle him on, on such a large stage. And, uh, and uh, th- yeah, there's a bit of a, you know, these guys were teaming two days earlier and here they are, you know, beating the crap out of each other to, to try and win this tournament. So. And and that was an understatement. Anytime a guy walks into a match with no knee pads on, uh, he's either dumb or or double tough or a little bit of both. And Ridgeway is tough as shit. <laughs> he's yeah, he's tough as shit. He's legit. He's legit as legit comes. Like it, it, I mean, here's the secret, right? Really, like I'm I'm a pro wrestler through and through, right? You know, like I'm in here with all these guys who have so much legit background and are so tough. And obviously there's a certain element of toughness to me cause I'm in there getting my ass kicked as well. But, um, but like, I, I don't have the same kind of legit experience these guys do. And, uh, and Ridgeway is, yeah, he's tough as nails 
and uh, I've had bad knees since I was a teenager, so uh, you couldn't pay me enough money to wrestle without knee pads. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, he's uh, he's uh, he's legit, and it was cool to to get to go toe to toe with him, uh, and uh, and uh, I. I I felt every last bit of all those kicks and those palm strikes and, and everything. I assure you. So I bet, and that's like Fujiwara, man. Seventy years old, still gets in a ring, no knee pads, short boots, and I'm still terrified of him every time. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, those guys are obviously they know the secret. I, I don't know it. If anyone wants to share it with me, because because I have knee issues still, it just. You know, without even I haven't been in a ring in like uh, however long now, three weeks, and uh, and my knees are still bothering me off and on. So um, they're doing something right, <laughs> what, what, whatever it is. All those those legit uh, those legit shoot guys who who don't wear knee pads, or like Zack Sabers doesn't wear knee pads either. Yeah, right? so. or 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 uh, Minoru Suzuki, non just just those super tough guys. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, they're tougher than me. So. Um, that match with Ridge, with Ridgeway is is a match that I will refer anyone to who wants to see a match from this year on why shoot shoot style is just just such a great part of wrestling, and why it deserves more credit. Now, I I, I love that ambition is a showcase of shoot style, and you know every year, or sometimes more than every year, you know we get to see it, and I, I just I just love it. And how did it finally feel? For you to finally be able to, to hoist that cup and know that you know you're now one of the definitive shoot style wrestlers in the world. Um, yeah, no, that's that's an amazing feeling. Obviously, it's it's super cool. Um, you know the they, you know there was like a because it was the tenth anniversary of, of ambition, right? It was ambition twelve, but uh, I, they'd had some you know. A couple years where they'd done multiple or whatever and so um they had t-shirts that had all the previous winners of ambitions on them and to be held you know in the same regard or at least in the same sentence as the people who have won that tournament in the past people like you know zach saber tim thatcher walter brian danielson um it's it's crazy like to yeah, even if it's like one of these things is not like the other i mean uh, uh, I can still hold my head high and know that uh, that I too have won this tournament. That these like huge names of, of people that I look up to ha- have also won. So um, no, it was it was a dream come true, and, and getting to do it for uh, a fan base who really supports me and and, and appreciates my work. Um, and uh, no, it was it was cool. And, and the other fact is. You know, multiple people said that this was maybe the best ambition show they've ever done, and uh, and people both within the company and otherwise saying that. Uh, you know, the one thing is, as cool as it was to, to get to the main event that that show, um, having to follow Ikeda and Ishikawa, um, <laughs> having the ass beater of a match that they had, uh, was not something I was particularly looking forward to. Uh, partially because I didn't get to watch it, but also because then I had to, you know, go go on afterwards. But um, you know, people telling me that the finals were uh, were good finals that that did um, did honor to um, to the history of that tournament, and and where we were able to follow follow that match uh, well enough. So um, that's all I can ask for. So it and it was man, it, it was an awesome match, and it just it just shows how 
much thinking goes into the shoot style because i mean obviously there's going to be a lot of people who can watch wrestling and be like oh there's no way you can do flips like that if it, if this were some type of legitimate contest but i mean really good shoot style guys like you and ridgeway and and scotty davis and and ikeda and nishikawa like one when you're watching that it it definitely suspends any like dis or any disbelief you would have because if you have spent any time in any submission grappling art, like you can tell, like they have their weight on the chest where it should be. When they're locking in submissions, you know every placement is where it should be. To where you have to question at some point: Oh, did something go wrong? Are these guys really, you know, going at it now? And I just I love that feeling, or you know, the feeling you get watching it. Uh, I mean, yeah, I love, I love, I love doing it. I love, I love struggle of realism in my wrestling that's something that i uh um try to uh, institute in my matches re- regardless of the setting um and uh and yeah so the fact that there there are platforms like this that exist for that style of wrestling i, I will forever be grateful for sure uh then heading into the the next night of of 16 carat you got challenged by uh marius alani uh, you know for, for a match that night uh, and you accepted it. Now, this is this is something I was wondering after watching Ambition and then watching your entrance of that match. How much gear did you bring with you to be able to change trunks and shirt for every match? I think all in all, I had eight different sets. Wow. Uh, yeah, there was some stuff that I brought that weekend that I didn't even end up wearing. <laughs> um, uh, I think I had three sets or two sets that I didn't end up wearing. So, um yeah, no, I'm I'm a I'm a crazy person. Um, no, I'm I'm a big proponent in, uh, especially in tournaments, which I subsequently, uh, I seemingly seem to just be getting booked into these tournaments nonstop. Um, I I definitely believe in changing between rounds of, of tournaments. I, I think that's just a cool little thing that I appreciate uh, watching tournaments as a kid. Um, and so I just try to 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 keep to that. Um, so I knew I was going to have to have potentially uh, a bunch of sets of gear because I was in two different tournaments that, that weekend. So I wanted to be prepared just in case. So I just thought it was cool. Cause it was interesting seeing which team you were going to be wearing next. I was, I was always looking out for that. Yeah. And, and like, I, I mean, like for ambition, I went with a bit of a, a world cup theme, right? I had different, different nations for each round. And then that kind of carried over into that evening, which again, uh, the people in Germany were not a fan of Belgium, um, which I thought was kind of a, a neutral country, but apparently, apparently that was not the case. So, uh, I heard some people who were booing me, uh, against Alani even, and like everyone hates him. So, yeah. so there, there's no winning in, in the future. I'm just going to wear Vancouver for everything and, and no one will care. So are you saying there's no hate for the white caps, regardless of where you are? <laughs> Even honestly, even if I wear it in Seattle or Portland, I, I might get like two boos. So, um, but yeah, no, in Europe, no one hates the Whitecaps whatsoever. So I don't think there's any reason to. They're probably still look at MLS like, like it's still not up to par with with every other league there. I, I mean, it's not. Yeah, uh, but... I mean, but 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 it. Uh, but yeah, no, no one has any particular feeling towards it any MLS clubs, like maybe some of the bigger clubs like LA Galaxy or New York Red Bulls, but, um, but no, not, not the little old Vancouver here on the West coast in the, the sleepy Pacific Northwest. Uh, we, uh, we just keep our mind, our own business and, and keep to ourselves. So, 
Uh, now, the, that match with Marius was just as intense as the one you had with Eddie. Uh, I really loved it, and I, I did love the crowd feeling of, of everyone just, just hating him, which, which, which was great that he could draw that much heat. Uh, how tired were you, though, with that legitimately being your fourth match of the day? I was very tired. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was. That was a long day, and and like I mentioned, I, I only slept for about two hours the night before. So, um, yeah, that was one of the longest days of my life, and and uh, I was at the Turban Hollow for fifteen hours that day. Oh my god! Um, yeah, it was it was tiring. Uh, getting kicked in the legs, it takes a lot out of you too. Honestly, like Ridgeway kicking me in the legs, that that adds up, and. Uh, I I was very happy. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was it was an intense match. Me and Marius went uh, at a pretty quick pretty quick pace as well, and uh, I I was happy when that evening was over to say the least. <laughs> I, I felt I felt good and accomplished. Don't get me wrong, but uh, but I was ready to get some rest. I I can't blame you, man. That had to be probably just three of the craziest days of your life. And I mean, and you still had one more show after that, which I haven't been able to see yet. But just just from what I saw, I just I, it was just a crazy experience for someone even knowing you to be able to sit down and watch. And and you did awesome, man. I I really hope that this was a huge thing to open up everyone's eyes about how great of a wrestler you are and how much of a thinking person's wrestler you are. And if this can translate into anything you know, in America, that, that'd be amazing. Like, I, I don't know what they're doing for Collective now that the switch has happened, but there's a part of me that kind of hopes that maybe they'll do it SummerSlam weekend if everything's running again, because uh, then if you're booked on stuff, that's Boston, that's not far. I'd love to see you on a blood sport, you know, where you can get to shine even brighter, you know, for fans over here. Uh, I appreciate it, man. That that, that would be cool. I'm I mean, the the world is so up in the air. Who knows where the collective or whatever is going to land? But uh, but I hope to be a part of it. You know, I was supposed to have two matches as a part of the collective, six matches that entire week uh, in uh, in Florida, and um, uh, you know, it's not going to work out as intended. But uh, I can't complain. Honestly, uh, I need a bit of a break. If I'm being <laughs> on, being honest, uh, seven matches in four days in Germany. And then I had another three matches the following weekend uh, in England, too, and uh, should have been a fourth match in Ireland, but, uh, of course, that, that got canceled, unfortunately, and that would have been a big one because it was supposed to be versus David Starr for OTT. But, um, but, um, but yeah, no, I, um, I appreciate it, and, and who knows what kind of opportunities are to come from this. I mean, I don't think anyone's really sure about what lies ahead, and so no one's making any plans or arrangements uh for any time soon um but once we kind of come out of this uh hopefully uh doing all right and um uh yeah i, I hope there'll be some opportunities for me to, to show what i can do uh, based on uh what i accomplished in germany for sure now is it okay if i ask you a a couple of rapid fire questions that have nothing to do with wrestling but do have to do with your trip to germany I will do my best to answer them. Yes. Did you pick up any uh, soccer sh- or football shirts while you were there? Like, like maybe to, to ease the tensions of the crowd next time. <laughs> uh, I had a couple given to me. Um, um, nothing I purchased personally, but I did have uh, a fan from Frankfurt give me uh, a jersey uh, that he got customized with my name on it uh, of his um, of his local club that he supports. 
and uh, I did have a fan give me a St. Pauli jersey that um, I can't imagine that would that would piss anyone off. <laughs> but um, um, and I also got um, I have to give a shout out to the guys who run Tetzogen in uh, in England. They gave they gave me a, a it was a cool kind of St. Pauli refused mashup scarf that they done. Um, I guess uh, refused did like a limited run of these scarves. Uh, refused being a Swedish punk band that a lot of their kind of imagery and, and their show titles they, they take from. And, uh, and so, yeah, the guys who run Tetsujin are, are, are awesome. And if they ever come back and run another show, I'd love to be a part of that in England. Um, I know they said that they're dead, and this past show in, in November was their last one. But, uh, but hopefully hopefully in a year or two's time, they, they might come back and run another one, and, and hopefully that can be a part of it. But, yes, uh, did not purchase any, any uh, football shirts. But, yes, I was given one by, uh, uh, by a very nice fan uh, from Frankfurt. Do you have a Bundesliga team? Not really. Um, I previous to that, I have a um, I have a, a Bruce Dorman shirt that I wore in Toronto versus Tim Thatcher. Um, thinking, uh, and um, it was completely me being ignorant. Um, Dortmund is is relatively close to Oberhausen. I think it's only about like a maybe a 30, 40 minute drive, um, but um, not really realizing that Schalke is even closer to Oberhausen. <laughs> and um, uh, a lot of the people who work for WXW are Schalke supporters. Um, the, the office manager, uh, Alex, is a, is a Schalke supporter. And maybe more importantly, uh, Walter is a Schalke <laughs> supporter. And um, so I, I definitely had people kind of playing playing me uh, against other people because uh, one of the referees... Uh, WXW Rayner is a uh, he's a Dortmund supporter, and so he wanted me to wear that Dortmund shirt. And uh, at the same time, I I didn't really want to have to deal with the wrath uh, of Walter, or or the person who who pays me, uh, the office manager. So uh, so yeah, I do have that Dortmund shirt, but uh, uh, but it's one that uh, I probably won't be wearing in Germany anytime soon. Fair enough. Uh, were you on the autobahn at all? And is it terrifying like I imagine it to be? Uh, I didn't like the roadway that we took from the airport to, uh, which is in Dusseldorf to Essen where the office is. It's about a 20, 30 minute drive. I don't believe there are speed limits on it. Um, everyone's definitely going fast, but like not unreasonably fast. So, um, I don't want to have to drive on it, but, uh, I didn't feel unsafe being, being in a car driving on it. So that's good. Because uh, there was a few times when I was, you know, up visiting you guys where there were some roadways that I was terrified of. So, <laughs> Yeah, my, my girl, girlfriend lives in Seattle, and she always complains that people who drive in Canada are crazy. <laughs> and that doesn't feel correct to me. I don't know. Like, like I, I've driven in Los Angeles, and that, that is the craziest driving I've ever had to do. And I don't German in Manhattan as well, and that's way crazier than anything in Vancouver. So yeah, Man- Manhattan's nuts. I don't recommend that to anyone. Uh, what was the worst and best foods you tried? Uh, the best food, without a doubt, was the caterer this year for Carrot was all vegan, um, and I like I'm a vegetarian, so that was amazing. Um, just having options because normally um, they're not. Uh, 
there's not a ton of them. Um, the other thing that I definitely eat way more of over there than I do here is there is a vegan burger at McDonald's in Germany. Um, so I had a couple of those while I was there. Nothing really bad uh, in Germany. Um, just like not a ton of options, I will say. Um, besides the catering and McDonald's, I really didn't, I didn't have much at all. Um, the one thing I will say is like, I'm a bit of a coffee snob and Oberhausen is very much just kind of a working class city. Um, so there's not a ton of like bougie coffee (laughs) spots to, to, to be had. And, uh, and so I actually, I went like five or six six days without having coffee um, because I just didn't want to give in and have what, what I deemed to be <laughs> less than, less than, than stellar coffee. So, but still overall good experience, right? Oh yeah. Amazing. <laughs> amazing experience. Everyone's, everyone's super nice there. Uh, the company is so professionally run, especially for an independent promotion. Like obviously they've been doing this for a while. They know what they're doing, but like it's ridiculous how professionally run they are compared to like every other independent company I've ever worked for. So, I'll still man I mean it was it was still great to see you succeed at, at such a big scale and you know as a friend of yours you should not be and I mean you should be super proud of yourself like beyond any levels of it be proud above that <laughs> I, I I am I, I definitely am and and I but I appreciate you saying that that's um that's nice coming from someone who uh, I've known for so long and, and and still is following what I'm doing nowadays. That's that's really appreciated. You were a guy who, when I was, you know, just a dumb kid who didn't know shit, took time to talk to me and explain things to me about wrestling that I didn't really see until guys like you and and some of your close friends explain. So I will always have have love for you. You are a guy who I, I want nothing more than to, you know to be. A world renowned, you know, world known wrestler, and you know, now that you're on the same level that a number of you know WWE guys are on, you know, if if you get the call for them or if you get a call somewhere else, I just I just want you to succeed at the greatest level you can. I sincerely appreciate it, and I thank you so much for being here with me today, man, and and thank you for giving me a great interview and telling some of these people what it was like for some of the craziest days of your life. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and uh, before anyone anyone listening, if you're not already following me uh, at Daniel Makabe on Twitter and Instagram, and um, and subscribe to WXW now uh, because then you can watch along and, and sort of uh, see what we're talking about. Um, and it's it's a great service. It's one of the few services that I subscribe to myself personally. Um, it's basically WXW now and and IndependentWrestling.tv are the two that I that I watch the most. And, uh, and yeah, I'm, I, uh, I'm very happy that they have given me a platform to, uh, to have the kind of success that I have and, and get to travel as much as I have. And so I, I'd like people to uh, definitely check out their product cause I think they put on uh, a really good product and, uh, and thank you once again for, for having me, man. It's, it's been awesome. And for WXW now, uh, most of the shows are, are in English. There is English commentary, so don't get nervous thinking that it's all in German. Uh, do you want to throw out in this time of need for wrestlers where people can purchase, you know, shirts and, and all the other stuff? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I certainly appreciate anyone who wants to support me. Um, 
uh, I don't really have like a, a true uh, like a web store or anything. Um, if you want to hit me up, send me a message. I do have some shirts. I've got some scarves, and I've got some pins. I found a couple pins while I was in England that we thought we were out of, but I do have a couple of those still. So um, hit me up, uh, DM me on on Twitter or, or Instagram, and uh, I can let you know uh, what I've got. Um, anyone in Europe or, or really anywhere, but. It, if you're subsequent, if you're if you're specifically in Europe, I, I will always send you this way. Um, I have to give a huge shout out to my friends at Mechashote uh, in England. They do all my merch for me while while I'm in Europe, and and they've done some really cool designs. They did the scarves for me. They did the pins. They've done oh four or five shirts for me now. Five, Jesus. Um, and they've all been awesome. Um, like awesome, awesome shirts, and and subsequently they have all sold out except for the one that we currently have. Um, and so you can buy stuff directly from them as well. Uh, Mechashote.com, uh, uh, picture like, uh, a giant, um, robot Jushin Liger delivering a Shote cause that's what it is. He's a <laughs> Mechashote. So, um, and yeah, those guys have become, uh, some of my best friends and uh, I'm forever grateful for that. We happen to just kind of meet each other and we have similar tastes when it comes to, to wrestling and punk rock and football and uh and so yeah check them out if you want to buy some of my stuff or hit me up on on social media and i can let you know what i have as well so all right awesome thank you so much dan for being here i i super appreciate it and i hope to have you back on you know another time and we can talk about all the other crazy stuff you've done in your life sounds good man i appreciate it thank you all right take it easy okay bye bye all right, everybody. That was the wrestling genius Daniel Macabe, and uh, I'm I'm glad that we you get to hear what it's like for someone you know in that short period of time. I mean, literally just a couple days. When I, I mean, I can't imagine to be in a situation where you get to wrestle your favorite style of wrestling. You get to wrestle dudes you've been looking up to, you know, since you were super young, and it's just crazy experience for him and I, I couldn't be more proud of a guy I've known since I was you know like 17 so uh thank you for, for you know for listening through and enjoying all this uh I will be back tomorrow uh but the the marathon runs almost over and and that makes me sad but uh I, I'm glad for all the support I've gotten so far don't forget to follow me on twitter at AITB podcast uh, on instagram just search alone in the basement facement or facebook not facement <laughs> just search alone in the basement uh as always shout out to my wonderful wife shelby for putting up with my bullshit and more than she has to and uh thank you guys you know for all the support and and giving me crazy amounts of listens the past week i love you guys and i'll talk to you tomorrow